You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It's fine tune aloha for tonight. Uh, I thought because here in Chutzlords we're reading Parsha Shlach, which uh, really sets the challenge of are we going there to throw? Why don't we all go there to throw? Um, I think that that question has become even stronger uh, today uh, with what's happening in the United States. There's been calls for saying, okay, this is it. Corona, racial tension, uh, social unrest. What do we have in America? Let's move there to throw. The Maraglim, we don't want to be like the Maraglim. So there has been this type of, uh, yeah, this type of discussion. I thought maybe it'd be worthwhile this week to spend at least a couple of days on some issues about Eretz Yisrael and about things that we can maybe extract from the Parsha, the Maraglim, and Halacha. So here we go. So first of all, let's talk about the idea that Eretz Yisrael, especially in certain places, is, is it objectively dangerous to live there? Um, okay, let's take a look. This was a question that was asked to, um, there was a question that was asked to Rab to Rab Nochem Rabinovich. Here was the question. So I'm not sure exactly where that is in Eretz Yisrael, and then my friends in Eretz Yisrael can, who come from Israel can tell me where that is exactly. But I assume it's on the it's what they call the West Bank. That Paskin. In other words, that you cannot leave the Yishuv because of the Arabs that are surrounding and, and are constantly um, attacking them, that you can't leave the Yishuv unless you have a, um, a, an auto or a bus or an auto that is bulletproof. In other words, all the autos, all the cars have to become as bulletproof grass and they need to, anyone who lives in the Yishuv, okay, you want to live in Eretz Yisrael, but it's dangerous there. I want to live there. I want to live in this part of Eretz Yisrael. Okay. But in order for you to live there, you need to ensure that you are safe. And the way you're going to be safe is that you're going to have bulletproof cars. Also, in terms of, let's say, the buses that go there. So the head of the community, the mayor, whoever it is, uh, they need to push that they are going to get um, a, a bulletproof bus. Okay, what's wrong with that? There's people who say, look, okay, the Arabs start up with us, there's been a couple of attacks, it's difficult, but we don't need to have everything bulletproof. If everybody all of a sudden gets bulletproof cars and throughout the city, every single car they, they has to become bulletproof and they have to put special glass and special metal, whatever it takes, that's going to cause, like we saw by the Maraglim, that's going to cause a morach halev, that's going to cause everyone to say, oh boy, oh boy, it's so dangerous. It might even cause that a lot of the work to stop. It might even cause a whole cessation in what's happening in terms of, of the normal life. For example, in order to get to this Chavel Banyamin, I guess there were people who came in from Yerushalayim or from some other big cities 
I'm not sure where it is exactly, but people needed to travel there and they needed uh, a gun on They needed nursery school teachers, uh, daycare women to come and they come from the city. Now, um, and for example, the milk trucks aren't going to want to come anymore. The people who deliver milk from Tenuva, the, the national dairy, when they start seeing, oh, what's going on over here? They're going to say, well, we're, we're, our, our, our trucks are not all um, bulletproofed. And when they're going to see everybody is scared and putting that stuff on, there's going to be saying, no, we're not delivering to you anymore. Or Angel, <laughs> makes you hungry, right? I went on a special diet today, so hopefully I'll stay on it. But we know the Angel Bakery, right? All the good stuff comes from there. All that good, uh, those good rogalach and stuff like that comes from the bakery. And they, they make these deliveries all over the country. So Yeshut Zayin, if you remember, that was the, um, I think the second intifada or the first one that happened to start on Rosh Hashanah. That from the, from the, I guess it was called the intifada. I forgot what it was. I think it was called the first or second intifada. I forgot exactly. Um, but from the time that there have been, they started the intifada, which would happen, as you remember, I think it was Arab Rosh Hashanah when it happened. And there's been four uh, situations where the Arabs have shot at the uh, people living there. And and people actually were hit and wounded. So what do you do with this type of question? Okay, so let's take a look. So let's see, a very interesting and surprising answer from this man who made Aliyah from America, but then was ensconced as one of the great poskim of the the uh, Mafdal, great posik of the Dati Lumi, and especially the people of Yesha, people who were living on the West Bank. That was Rav, uh, who just died a couple, you know, just about a month and a half ago, Rav Nocham Eliezer Rabinovich. So he says like this, um, Mechavad Rei he says, I got your letter. And we spoke about it, I guess, on the telephone, but I'm going to do what you asked. I'm going to write the essential idea here. So this way you could spread this tshuva. First of all, when it comes, this is a very important tshuva. There is not clear limits as to what Sakonis Nefoshos means, a doubt we're not sure. In fact, he, what he's saying is, and some of you listening here are going to like what you're hearing now, He believes that based on your individual feeling, and everyone is different the way they feel and their fears in terms of that. They can determine in certain situations what's for them a sakana not and what isn't. Very carefully written. <laughs> in other words, Nira, it appears that there's a place. There's a place for how you feel about this situation to determine in, in a certain limited ways that this is a sakana for you or not. Yes. 
if that's the case, how come in Bismanenu, the Rabbanim, they dictate Hatzalah, what is Sakanada Fashot? You're right. This goes against, um, and I, I actually have a response to you, Moshe. I believe that what Rav Rabinovich is saying is true, but I think it's different when there's an actual disease that is spreading and we know and we see its effects. Here we're going to be talking about Moshe. You'll see in a minute, he's going to bring the case, the famous case from the Gemara, which is people who have dangerous work that they do. And he is being asked about um, terrorists who are out there shooting at them. I believe that both of those things are different than a disease that science tells us spreads in such a wildfire way from person to person. So, uh, therefore, I think there is a difference. But you are correct. If somebody would want to flaunt the rules, you could send them this chuva and say, look, it's not so clear what the suffake is. And the numbers, and I'm going to say this, uh, and again, I'm not an epidemiologist, but we know the numbers aren't necessarily what we think they are. The numbers might, even statistically, might be lower in terms of your chances of becoming actually ill to the point of sakana. So even the numbers that are, are there could be turned in a way to show that it's a very slight chance. Now, I still think there's a difference between the Arabs out there. And look at the case he quotes first. The first case he quotes is, look at the Bryce and the Gemara Baba Metziah. We know the Gemara speaks about paying on time. You're supposed to pay your workers on time. You're not supposed to let them dangle. But if you take a look what it says, it says, a love who no say as not show, the Pesach says, that the person who's waiting for the money, he's, his nefesh is dependent on that. And it's not just that he wants the money. The Gemara says, What is that guy doing? He, he was your worker. And you know what job he had for you? His job that he had for you was he worked, um, he worked uh, on top of a, a scaffolding. And he was moist himself, Lamisa. So you see the Gemara says, now, now what's the right for anybody to become a window washer? What's the right for anybody to take a, a construction job that's dangerous? So you see a person has a right to say, I think I have the talent and I have the skill. And the person has a right to take it. And he's not considered someone who's taking his life in his hands. He says, he says we never see that there's an issue with fo la sota vodaka we know he's waiting for his money. And the Gemara calls it Mesiras Nefesh. The Gemara says he's, he's, he's in a situation where we can talk about the policemen or the firemen, but even the ones who, right? And still, we never see the Gemara. So you, connect, you can't have a job as, 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 a, as, a, uh, as a window washer. If you take a job as a window washer, all of Vizirus. Of course, you've got to be careful. You have to have your belt. You have to make sure you have to test your equipment, the rope, the belt. And if you, look at this, Moshe, you're going to be happy. I knew you'd be happy on this. <laughs> you were one of the people I had in mind when I said they'd be happy. <laughs> if you feel that you can deal with the, with, with the threat, 
or whatever, not the threat, but the but that situation. Then you are allowed to take that job if you see you can. Let's go to the next page. Kamokain, there's many in Yanim that there is a srach of sakana. There's a sense of sakana in them. Most people don't stay away from it. For example, the Gemara says in Yavamas that if it's a if it's a cloudy day or another type of day, you don't do a brismila. But then the Gemara says, even though that was used to be the wisdom, that used to be the wisdom on a cloudy day, you wouldn't perform a, a, a brismila on a child. The Gemara says, which means God sort of guards fools. God protects the people who are psayim, who have done something a little bit foolish. He says, look in the Beis Yosef. The Beis Yosef says, he brings what the Ritva writes in Yavavis, Mikan, in the Hilchas Mila, Mikan, let's say you learn the Gemara. Oh, you're not supposed to have a bris on a cloudy day. And you know what? You're okay not doing what everybody else is doing with Shemir Pesoyim. And the truth is, if it turns out that it's a cloudy day on Shabbos, maybe you should be machmir, the Ritva says. Maybe you should be machmir not to do, because the Gemara says it could be Sakona. So Rav Rabinovich asks a question. The Beis Yosef is saying you can if there's a Sakana, the Shulchan Aruch should have written, it's Asr, and you can't be Doche Shabbos. And if there's not Sakana, how can it be that people have a right to say, I'm not giving the bris on Shabbos. No, 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 I'm not doing it. There can't be two answers, can there, for two different people? Rabinovich says, yes. This is That's a subjective estimate you have to make. There are people that learn the Gemara, they believe in what Chazal said, they have a deep belief in that history, and they are scared. If you are part of the people that are scared, so, okay, you don't want to be foolish, you want to be super careful. But if you don't feel it, look what he says, you don't feel the sakon on this, it's not straightforward. You can say, Hashem takes care of this whole bunch of fools doing it. God will take care of us at all. The same way, whenever you do any parnasa, look, people do it and uh, they're okay. Um, the Chida, the Gon Chida, uh, wrote in the Tshuva that um, he asked the same question. Why didn't the Bet Yosef saw the Ritva that that you're that one of the great Rishonim, the Ritvo, says that paskening and acting like the original attitude is fine. So why doesn't he say to Sakana, that's what you should do? So he says, look, even though Rav Papa says, he says, he says, he says, the three big poskim, the Rift, the Rambam, and the Rosh, they didn't quote Rav Papa at all. And they didn't say anything about it being a Sakana on a, on a cloudy day. So clearly they don't think so, and therefore they push this out of Aloha. But once again, Rav Rabinovich says, why did the Rambam not quote the Gemara? It's Rav Papa. We're talking about the one who's all over Shas, the Talmud Muvak of Rava. So the reason must be 
that when it comes to inyone refuot muskarim bigamara, when it comes to things that have to do with medicine, things that have to do with this is a bad day for this, this is not good for this. Where did they get it from? They got it from, and again, here you might say the fauchis of those days, the people who were the experts of their time. But that doesn't mean it's binding. Why? Yes. I'm sorry, but we have an example in the Chumash about going to war to those that are afraid, right? Should... uh, shouldn't serve, even though there's an obligation to be in, in Tzava, right? But uh, the, they say those that uh, okay. either they got married or they're too afraid, they they should not do it, right? So would that be guiding principle here that those that feel that they, there is a place for a personal feeling based on uh, the, um, uh, right, the, the, army, the, the army service, right? The war is is dangerous to health, obviously, in life, right? So if that is, if slack is given in the homage, so would that logically be that's the base for uh, other things? Uh, I'm just, it's, again, it's an idea. That, uh, okay, it's a very, it's a good point that you're raising. I mean, is it, is go it ahead, Sheila. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Just is the fear in the homage talking about fear of sin, not fear of the danger? So that meaning you're sinned and therefore not you, but one has sinned and therefore they are frightened that now they're they're going to be more okay. dangerous because of this. Okay, so w- 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 let me uh, respond to uh, Dr. Kogan, and I'm going to explain Sheila's point for those who are who just understand it as well. Dr. Kogan is asking. Dr. Kogan is saying that the fact that someone who should have a commitment to be part of the battle. He should join the rest of the Jewish people in this fight, seemingly a fight that's a mitzvah that you have to do, and yet he can excuse himself because he's scared. So Dr. Kogan wants to say, perhaps this is a proof to the idea that fear is subjective, and that if you have this fear that you can't overcome, despite knowing that it's a mitzvah and God is with the army, so therefore, you see that a person has a right to say, look, I'm scared, I'm not going. Okay, so let me first respond to that. The reason behind it is not so, is, I don't believe is what you're saying. The reason behind it is that if he will be, like the Pasuk says, he will run away. And when he starts running away out of fear, when he gets to the front line, it's going to cause a, a mass uh, cowardice that's going to hysteria. spread. Right. It's going to cause that hysteria that's going to spread. And that's what we don't want. So sending him away is actually the best thing. In other words, you're right, Dr. Kogan. We don't send a counselor to him to explain to him this is a mitzvah and you have to do it, right? Um, that you have to do it. But what we do is we we realize, get this guy out because he's endangering everybody else. Because fear spreads like Corona. People see one guy, another guy, and because of that, everybody will get scared and run out. So that is the simple shot of why we give the guy an excuse. Now, one second. Sheila points out that Chazal explained that it's not just scared, I don't want to get killed, Chazal have another drash. Chazal say 
that the person knows he doesn't deserve to be in the army because he is a balavero. And that to be in God's army, you have to be on a certain level of shmir samitzvos. And this person in his heart feels he's done enough averos that he doesn't think his, he thinks that he's going to make, again, cause the army to lose or bring God's wrath down because it is a situation where God is looking at both sides and this person has done averos. So therefore, we let the guy uh, off because of, uh, because he, in a sense, isn't aligned with the, the, the level of Kedusha, the level of Shmir Samitzos that we expect from people in the army. So again, now what Dr. Kogan is also touching on, and I think he didn't say it, but the fact that we go to the army is sort of a proof that we aren't worried about Pikuach Nefesh anyway, right? The fact is that the army, God, God says that the Sanhedrin says to go, and David HaMelech and the Sanhedrin, who have the Melech Sanhedrin, and everyone says, this is a battle that we must fight. We all do it. Even though you, there's, a, there's a great chance you're going to get killed. So clearly the normal things, and this is what I wanted to say, the normal ideas of Pikuach Nefesh don't apply in an army situation at all. Right? Otherwise there would never be an army. Right? You could never have a Mochemes Rishus. Because right, there's Mochemes there's Rishus and Mochemes Mitzvah. How could you ever have a Mochemes Rishus? How could the king ever command soldiers to do anything dangerous? So clearly when we're dealing with the army, when we're dealing with the battles, that, that it's inherent that it's about life and death, these in Yonah B'Pikuach Nefesh, I think, don't even play a role. Okay? So let's put that on the side. Okay? However, let's, let, let's see what Rebbe is going to do with this. His question, again, his point is, is that we know that the great Rapapa mentioned that, that based on what he knew from the doctors of the time, that you should not have a brismila on these uh, cloudy days. You shouldn't have this brismila, etc. And now, we still, we do it. Why do we do it? What was, Rav Papa wasn't an idiot. No, Rav Papa, of course not an idiot. He was from the Gaon Eolam. But Rav Papa was basing himself, Rabinovich says, on the doctors of his time. And therefore, we have a right to say, look, we've seen that that's not true. We see that you can have a bris on a non-cloudy day, on a cloudy day, and nothing happens. And you can see that when it comes to things in halacha, that are based on medical knowledge of the time and the medical knowledge of a later period indicates that's not true. So that's what it means, right? And that's what it means when it says, Doshu Bey Rabin. It doesn't mean that we don't listen to the doctors. What it means is, look, Rav Papa's doctors and the people there thought, and it was based on what they thought was medicine, that people would die, that babies would die if, if, if the weather was in a certain way. But now we see it hasn't happened. So we see the doctors are wrong. And therefore, he says, when it comes to Chochmasa Rafua, you go after the rove. Now, that's what you can say on natural things, that you don't know Sibasikun Muchachas, right? Because we have no logical reason behind Rav Papa's idea, why, what the Gemara says. How does a cloudy day cause uh, an infection to creep in in a wound? So now that you see 
because people did the bris anyway, and people were not, not dying, the babies were not bleeding out. So that's a proof that, that it has no connection. But where there is a clear logical connection between what's occurring, even though it's only in, uh, it's not in, uh, it's only in a, uh, a, a minor amount of cases, for example, let's say, statistically, the people who work on roofs, the people who climb scaffolding or trees. So there's the statistics of probably out there of people who die, and you definitely need Zahirus on that. So how do you deal with that? So... He, he says, Vadai, what you're going to do is, is you look at the situation. And he says, what, how do you determine this? How much do you determine it's a danger? And if you're scared, you shouldn't do it. Now, the Gemara says, every, every road was a sakana. The, the Gemara and the Yerushalmi that we did here in this, in this, in this learning that we've done together brings many stories about, pro, about dangers that happen on the road going into, and I mentioned this, by the way, if you remember a number of times, going through the bathhouses and there were people that were saved miraculously. Why didn't they put the Rabbanim of the time say, no traveling between city to city? Don't go use the bathhouse. Look how many times the, 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 the the floor caved in, and right, we never said that. Because as long as you take precautions based on what you think, that's fine. So now, let's go to the case of the buses and the cars. He says, we know for sure that there are terrorists, and the terrorists are worse than what they had in the time of the Gemara. Because because they the ones in Gemara, I guess they just wanted your money. And there are people who are scared for about that. So since there are people that are scared, you need, and there are people who are registering that fear. So the community has to raise the money and legislate to provide on the public transportation, the buses should be bulletproof. And especially the children who leave this yeshuv and go to the schools in some other city, there should be bulletproof buses to take the children to school. Because we know, Chazal are very machmer when it comes to small children. Um, now, however, when it comes to adults, if a person feels that he knows how to drive, He's not going to be attacked. Or he travels statistically times when they're not around. They figure out they usually do attacks at a certain time. And this is when the chances are very small. Or he's got other things that he feels he can rely on. For example, a fode magen. He wears a bulletproof vest, I guess, or something like that. And he is just a tough guy. 
So he doesn't have an Isser. So since the city raised, the people in the city raised the doubt, we need to respond to it. So again, do we have a clear answer here in terms of Corona? So I would say Rabinovich told us we need to listen to the doctors of the day. And the Sakon is out there. I do believe it's different than statistically if you're going to fall from the scaffold or not. I think the fact that it's really something out there, I think makes it different. Uh, An actual disease that we know spreads the way it does. So I think the situation is different. But again, though I think this tshuva tells us a little bit about fear in Eretz Yisrael and how we should deal with it. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.